1: When Raw when it's time to begin, it's on the Rewind Around with John Pollock and Waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewind Around for Monday night, downloaded Tuesday morning from the post-wrestling site. It's Rewind Around for Monday night on USA, now on the John and Way Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first Rewind a Raw of 2023. I'm John Pollock, along with Waiting, where the numbers just keep going higher and higher as time continues into another year. That that, that is correct.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, that is that, how that years is how the, work. Way, that's how the numbers work. Yeah, we're in the year 2023. For those of you guys checking in, um, are you gonna get? Will it take time for you to get used to it?
1: Um, I'm used to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I am too. Yep. I had to explain to my daughter because she, she thought that by being a new year, she asked, is it my birthday? I was like, no, it's not your birthday. That's not how it (laughs) works. But she assumed that like she, she gets something out of this. I'm like, no, it's just, uh, it's the world's birthday.
0: Uh, uh, I, I guess so. Yeah. I I guess, I guess that is the right
1: way to put it. Okay. Well, do you have a nice new year's? I did. I, I did. Um we did a uh, we did a fake countdown in the backyard with our with our kids and their friends. So that was that was a lot of fun. Ooh. Why why the backyard? Curious. I uh, it was just easier to do it outside. That was all. So we all got together. It was it was fun. Okay. Nice. What did you do?
0: Um I I did did the real countdown uh at home just you know me and my wife and some fried chicken. Yeah. It was a good time.
1: Yes, actually, I have a very funny story. I'll tell you later, though. I'm not going to tell it here. Oh, you're going to uh, tease the audience like this? No, it's it's nothing. Anyone else will will appreciate, but you will that I just remembered now. But that's nice. You, gotcha. had, you had chicken. It was very nice. Yeah, yeah. Even did a, you stay a, up till midnight? Oh yeah, yeah.
0: We did the real character. Yeah. Oh, that's good.
1: Uh, yeah, I have learned that uh, as the years go on, I'm the only one that that stays up till midnight. Everyone everyone goes. Actually, several people have been sick in this household. Not me. So I stayed up and I watched. I finally watched The Godfather Part Three, which I had never seen. Interesting. Okay, the recut version that came out a few years ago for the 30th anniversary. Not um, not as bad as everybody like slams the third one. I mean, it's 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 not one and two. I'll certainly give you that, but it was a uh, it was fine. It was it was all right.
0: I mean, it's it's probably mainly that you know um, the fact that it's it's following two of the best movies of all time. But um, what was exactly cut out of the recut? I'm curious.
1: I can't tell you. I think the beginning is a bit different, uh, but I've never seen like the third one. The, the, I don't have the comparison point. I only saw the, uh, the, 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 the recut version was on, uh, it was on like uh, HBO okay. up here. So, so I watched that.
0: So home alone three is next for you.
1: I, guess. Uh, I, d- I doubt that. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see how I feel next year. If we get around to that. well, Um, For some people, um, The Godfather would have been on their best of list. For some, The Godfather 3 was on their worst of list. Sometimes you put those lists together and you get the best and worst of 2022, which is the show that we premiered on Sunday night. Nearly three hours of myself, Davey, Brayden, and Way going through all of our picks in about 20 different categories, chronicling the good, the bad, and the ugly of the past year so that we can properly march into a new year. Best wrestler, best match, best tag team, worst promotion, worst character, worst pay-per-view, all of it is covered. And then our annual game of likely or unlikely as we go through our predictions that we made last year and then make a whole new list, including our listeners scenarios that were submitted uh, all of that and more on the best and worst of show uh, a near unanimous praise for this show.
0: I really enjoyed it. You know, of course we did it with our friends at poison Rana, Braden and Davey. You can go catch that on video. All of us in the same room together, a rare occasion where that happens
1: these days. Yes, we all got together. It was a good time to see Braden and Davey. So, uh, yeah, go go check out the show. Uh, as well, WrestleNomics doing a really great extensive breakdown of the past year. Um, going through many different categories of uh, some very interesting stats to round out the year, including uh, television viewership for the various programs, numbers of matches. Uh, Davey Richards having a surprisingly busy year in 2022 as they uncovered on this show. So uh, check out Chris Brandon and Jesse on the year end edition of WrestleNomics. I'm sure we'll be hearing from all three of them throughout the year in 2023. Also coming up this week, we have got my goodness, a very busy one Tuesday night. uh, Poison Rana has it locked down for the first NXT of the year. And then Wednesday, somehow waiting and I are going to pull off a mammoth schedule. Have you decided what your viewing strategy will be for Wrestle Kingdom? That starts Early Wednesday morning at one twenty a.m. Eastern Time. What is your plan of attack? Because I am trying to figure out what I'm going to do uh, because I got a curveball here that I, I have to. Uh, I, my, my wife is going out Tuesday night, so I have to watch my kids on Tuesday night. So there will be no early sleeping for me. So, boy,
0: I have not figured it out. I mean, you know, chances are I might start at one thirty because I'm likely to be up then anyway. Maybe at some point when I lose steam, I'll cut it off and continue in the afternoon. But at some point, I will finish it before uh, probably early afternoon on Wednesday so I can record a show with you for release before Dynamite.
1: Are are we recording in the afternoon? Aren't we? You had to. I I had suggested that and you had stated, let's just record right right after the show ends. Okay. That's fine. No, 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 no. I'm fine with either one. Believe me. Whatever. Okay, we'll we'll figure it out. Wednesday, a show is coming to you at some point in the post-wrestling cafe feed. So look out for that, mm-hmm. and then we will recover by watching Dynamite that night with their big show from Seattle. Thursday, I'm going to do a show with WH after New Year Dash, and that will be a free show for everyone because I know everybody, the whole world needs to hear WH's uh, WH's thoughts on all of the events that have gone down this past week from Noah and All Japan. All Japan show is going on as we speak. We'll talk about that later, and uh, we will... Chronicle the, the angles and matches that go down at the Mystery Vortex edition of New Year Dash on Thursday. Friday night, we get four hours of wrestling back-to-back with SmackDown, Rampage, and Battle of the Belt. So we will go live at midnight for all members of the cafe. And then the week winds down with WrestleNomics Radio on Sunday. This will be a week. It'll be a battle of attrition for us. Wei. That is going to be who will be the last man standing by Sunday night. That is the question at Post Wrestling. The holidays are over. We're back to work. Back to work, for sure. Uh, Lots of great stuff coming up this week. Uh, Karen Peterson will have uh, reports on uh, Wrestle Kingdom as well. She already has ones up on Stardom. Noah, you can check out all that. Andrew Thompson will be doing coverage of Wrestle Kingdom as well. So we are all equipped here at Post Wrestling. So we will move on. Um, Were you following the... um, uh, the very scary situation on the, uh, the Monday night football game tonight. Uh, were you mm-hmm. following along with this? This is a pretty yeah. scary situation with, uh, Buffalo Bills player, Damar Hamlin. Um, I did, did you see the, the hit? Mm-mm. I did not I did either. Not. I did not want to see it either. But, um, yeah, he, he, he got tackled and, I guess got up and then collapsed and required CPR. He was down on the field for about 15 minutes before they could finally transport him off of the field. And it was just this like 90 minutes, give or take of wait and see of what was going to happen with this game. I mean, this is as the season is coming to a close and very unlike the NFL to cancel a game. Um, I guess the last update Uh, that came out was that his vitals are back to normal, but you know, all of this was playing out uh, on ESPN. So you had the broadcasters in this situation where they kind of had to ride things out and keep going. The players are distraught. It was, and it just seemed like it was this question of whether they were going to have these teams continue to play afterward, but sounded like an extremely scary situation and hopefully um, uh, uh, a positive ending to all of this. But certainly a very, very serious injury.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, unfortunately, like, you know, watching any sort of sport for a long time, like injuries are certainly going to be a part of it. And um, on live TV in these sort of very ser- scary situations, um, it's, it's vi- <laughs> you know, how do we, any of us react? Certainly how do the broadcasters react? Um, I'm, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that the game was stopped and um you know our thoughts are are with the uh uh Demar Hamlin and his family
1: next story um th- this is a this is a very serious story involving Dana White that uh, broke tonight on TMZ of footage of him and his wife at a nightclub in uh, Cabo San Lucas on New Year's Eve and the video was captured and appeared on TMZ's site where White is seen with his wife and And he grabs her by the wrist and says something in her ear. And then she proceeds to slap Dana. And Dana responds, slapping her in the face uh, before the people that they are around in this uh, VIP area intervene. And so obviously Dana White was aware this was coming because we have an interview up on TMZ. And I will say I have – I don't know if I've ever seen Dana White in – a state like this as he is being interviewed and he explains that there was uh, heavy amounts of alcohol involved, but does state that is no excuse to ever put your hands on a woman. He does point out, and this is something that he had said uh, many times ago that you never put your hands on a woman. So he is acknowledging that and stated that, you know, him and his, his wife, just think about this way. How many times have you ever heard from uh, his wife? In the history that that you recall, like she is a pretty private figure other Mm -hmm. than you are aware that Dana White has a wife and three children. But she put out a statement and essentially, you know, what Dana said, this has never happened before. And she backed that up, said that they have apologized to one another. Their concern is their children right now. Um, This was very much damage control. Um, You know, the fact that this was on video, I think that was – you know it just illustrated it and i think it was that much more significant the fallout of this could be very very severe i mean there mm-hmm. there are people in these positions that would not survive something like this and i mean and i'm not trying to be crass here but it's the obvious is that here is a video of a man slapping his wife uh, that is launching a slap fight league in a couple of weeks time that um you know there th- this is uh, can, this is going to be how disney reacts to this uh, how Endeavor reacts, which you would think would be somewhat um, based upon how Disney is feeling about this. Like there was a time that Dana White um, could probably skirt through, but the days like he is a D- major. Disney, major. What?
0: Sorry, Disney.
1: Just the with the ESPN deal, I mean that's. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Like this is where it goes up right to the top of like Disney. That here is one of your major, you know, partners. That is the forward, the front-facing figure of your company. um, Mm -hmm. That's a major figure uh, with with on ESPN Plus on ESPN proper. Um, And obviously, this could have an enormous ripple effect. And this this could be a very very major story. It will tell you if Dana White is able to skirt by this. Like the last, I would say, major story he had was the Loretta Hunt issue, where he dropped some horrible horrible language but that was a different era of UFC that is nowhere near um un- under the radar like or i should say was operating more under the radar than it is today and with many m- many business dealings that you have
0: yeah and of course obviously Warner Media Discovery and uh TNT you know uh TBS you know people that are currently partnering i, I with think i think
1: that could be very much in in doubt at the very least of being delayed uh at somewhat like mm-hmm. dana would have been your person promoting all of this I, yep. I i i don't know how you can go through with that in two weeks time
0: <laughs> people get away with a whole lot when you're you know in a powerful position with a lot of money in in the media um So I mean I I, you know does everything kind of proceed as planned? I it wouldn't shock me if it did, John. Um, But this is about one of the worst things that somebody could be involved with as they're about to launch a slap fighting league on national TV. It's horrible it's terrible that it happened um and i haven't seen the apology but i don't know if there's any sort of apology that would make this that much better i, I mean, understand
1: it was like this interview if you watch it like this is damage control dana if you want to oh, watch yeah. this interview like he is not make. and i mean they ask him at the end dana do you even remember it and he just likes no i don't even remember it i mean it's mm-hmm. like they're he's not using alcohol as an excuse but that is you know in, in all of the stories, it was it, like alcohol was, you know, uh, a major factor here. But, you know, the, the video looks bad. It, it looks really bad. And, um, you know, this this is this could certainly go into, you know, Dana White's position in the UFC. Like, you just – you don't know how major companies are going to react to something like this. And if Disney is scared off by this, it could have a major effect or sure. this is something where Dana can – somehow skirt by this but
0: i I certainly don't doubt that like you know if you're endeavor if you're the ufc you're you're probably going to be questioning how public you make dana you know for the foreseeable future i i don't think you i can't i i don't really have that much of a a clear indication of like his his power uh within the company at this point but i imagine it's still quite considerable considerable so but you know as far as like him being a public facing person for the time being i'm sure they're seriously considering it do incidents like this go as far as i guess disney because certainly espn is, is no str- like in sports you have controversial figures involved in you know um awful news all the time has has mm. disney intervened you know i to, would say if you, if you
1: had like a major sports owner on video slapping his wife mm-hmm. that's pretty bad like i what i thought of reading the story was um chris albrecht who is a name people might not be familiar with but he used to be the head of hbo and in 2007 i mean he was involved he was he was arrested but he was involved in a similar situation he lost his job at hbo um and there actually is a ufc tie in there because they were in talks ufc and hbo at the time and he was a supporter of the ufc and once he left that was um you know that, that was a pretty significant story in in media uh back in 2007 but you know powerful figures and and that was not caught on video like that and and i don't mean to like minimize it but you know we see the example from like ray rice it's like those stories were out there but once the video was there it's just Mm -hmm. a more damning element to the story there's less um if you are a fan of somebody or you want to excuse behavior uh and it's just uh, one person's word or the reporting. It's something's being left out. The video is there. It's, it's clear to see. And, you know, it's it's and a couple of when like, is
0: the power slap
1: fight? TV? Two weeks. It's supposed to start on the 11th. Yeah. Like yeah. this um, is – I don't know how you can – and you would imagine Dana would have been doing a ton of media uh, leading up to that premiere. And, yeah, yeah if you're Warner Brothers uh, – I don't want this guy out there promoting what is such a direct correlation to this video um, that already would have its detractors in terms of the slap fight league that – I think once people watch this thing, like it's going to draw a lot I, of criticism.
0: I just cannot imagine. I can't imagine going ahead with it, with this debut, um, the, the timing. I mean, the, the, there's never a good time for something like this, but the, especially like we're here to talk about the sporting and, and the business implications, right. Of, of these stories. And certainly um, when it comes to something like this, I just, I can't see if you're Media discovery wanting to be involved so publicly in business with this person operating this style of organization that is promoted around slapping people in the face it's it's comical to even suggest so i i have to imagine like i also mentioned dana's all over the show he's like you're you're essentially your spokesperson for the entire oh league. yeah yeah so it, it, it's probably too late to re-edit these shows to remove him out of it right so how do you proceed with this launch
1: and he would be you know, the most central figure to that show. I mean, Mm -hmm. it would be like, that was, you know, Dana White being attached to that, I think is a large reason they have a TV deal to begin with. I don't think this is happening. If this is just, you know, uh, another production.
0: And, and let's fold it back into professional wrestling, you know, on the, on the, we did that likely unlikely about whether or not Dana White w- would appear on, um, AEW programming. And I certainly think the answer to that will be no right now. How much do you think even AEW might be comfortable promoting it? Obviously they'll do what the network tells them to do, but to what extent?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it, it's just, it, it just could have many, uh, implications, um, the, the central one being you know the the response from Endeavor and Disney I think that is going to be it, it will be very it, like this broke tonight um, and they they had the interview ready to go on TMZ with with, with Dana who stated like he's still on his vacation um, it, it, how big of a story this is tomorrow again at, at the same time like you we we have seen sometimes where you know even in the early days of the Vince McMahon story like yes it got focus but. People moved on, like even in the grand scheme of things, like at this end of the year, when you're watching all these different sports and news shows recapping the year, it's like Vince McMahon was not a big story to the mainstream world. It's like in our world, very, very big story, the biggest story of the year. But, you know, it's these some of these figures like a Vince McMahon and Dana White, like Vince McMahon, like skirted by a lot of stuff, uh, not not something like this, but. Uh, other, you know, controversies that didn't stick to him like it would have other mainstream figures. We're, we're going to see what the effect is on Dana White. AJ Styles uh, suffered a broken ankle last week on the house show in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and they did. Uh, addressed this on Raw that he put out a tweet stating that he broke his ankle but is not facing surgery. So it's just going to be uh, rehab and waiting for it to recover. So obviously the worst time of the year to get injured. The fact he's not going for surgery, I guess they believe that he can make a, a full recovery without it. And, you know, I would I would imagine a broken ankle uh, for sure rumble is out of the question. The larger one would be WrestleMania. If they feel that's a reasonable timetable uh, to come back from a, from a break.
0: Certainly. Yeah. Um, terrible, you know, from what he says, it'll be the longest layoff he's ever had in his career, which is actually quite surprising and tells you probably the quality of of worker that he is to, to manage to, you know, avoid a significant injury for this amount of time. Um, I'm most curious about what this means for the OC gallows and Anderson and Meecheng, V. A. M. Um, and uh, because it didn't I mean would, much I, for Meechin on tonight's show. Yeah, yeah, Mischen. Uh, maybe I'm not that concerned about, but Gallows and Anderson I think are very much uh, hired as a supplemental act for AJ Styles. You know what happens to the two of them. Um, and yeah, does does AJ find himself like involved in any sort
1: of way? Maybe in a in a non wrestling role. Another story that uh, came out today was a uh, fan time put out a congratulatory message for Mandy Rose earning a million dollars. In December, not a one bad month. month. One in, month, in, yeah. in In the month of December, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, her. How much I, does
0: fan time get? I guess is is saying. Oh, things I'm things.
1: sure they get um, a, a healthy cut uh, of this. I don't know what the maybe maybe some uh, credit card fees as well that that come with this. And <laughs> yes, um, I, 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 at least she's getting this probably in U.S. dollars. Doesn't have to convert the currency yes that's right go through yeah. any uh, third parties there problem. but uh, this is a real interesting one because in professional wrestling one of the very guarded secrets is what people make and it always astounds me that talent are so protective of that number being out when for a greater whole it is most beneficial to these promoters that your amount of money is not out there, so you can't go into negotiations and compare yourself with anybody unless you're talking privately with, with other guys and they'll, they'll share it with you. But for this, I mean, here is a, a giant billboard for what is out there for some of these women, for a woman who was on NXT programming, and it, it will give you the the comparable that if you were somebody that was facing that third party ban last year and mm. you know maybe this is an ex- an exceptional amount of money that Mandy Rose is making she got a ton of attention after being released over this issue but even if you're in the ballpark of this half of this um you have to be looking at this and if you're somebody like a, a CJ Perry Lana who's doing very well on a, on Brand Army and she's been off television for over a year off, off WWE television. Like it's this is an alternative path and it's it's gonna give some of these performers a I think a, a look at what is out there if 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 I don't want to continue at, at this level or if I can't continue to do third party stuff if I'm at an NXT level.
0: Certainly, yeah. I mean I, I would say the entire story has uh probably been been that um e- even prior, you know, with all the like with with Saraya, you know and, and with um uh, the Trinidad. um i am still probably willing to bet though like um most talents mm, i i get the sense mandy rose's fan time is a bit more risqué than you know what most talents are, are going to be willing to you know um, offer and and how much of that is it co- has contributed to you know her her doing so well on it i'm not sure but um i I don't know how viable of a of a of a real you know alternative to a wrestling career it is for most is, is all I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Like Mandy Rose is certainly like uh, putting herself out there significantly mm-hmm. on her page, but I look at you know Paige Van Zant like it's it, it's risque content, but it, it not at at this level. And it looks to me like that is he- head and shoulders above what. anything else that she is making and and it's someone that has realized i don't have to be in the ufc to have this following it's just that was one of the talking points can mandy rose sustain this without having a wwe platform i would argue she probably can I i think that there is more of a an ability to do this um but it it's interesting. It's like there there's always waves with these things. Like there may be a time when uh, this subsides. Like she is at a high point right now in terms of her recognition factor. And if she's making this much,
0: um she might not have to do to do this for very long. This post wrestling podcast is brought to you by Nerdwallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast,
1: Let's talk about the NOAA card. Did How much, uh, if at all, did you get to see of the uh, the Mudo-Nakamura Noc- uh, match? I saw the Mudo-Nakamura match. So, yeah, a lot to talk about. First of all, they drew 9,500 people to uh, Nippon Budokan, which is a tremendous figure for pro wrestling Noah in 2023, uh, drawn off of Mudo and Nakamura. And uh, Shinsuke Nakamura came out with... Um, the best entrance of 2023. I think we can officially state that he is the front runner and felt like a megastar walking out. I mean, this guy, whatever charisma you think he lost in WWE or uh, could he turn it on? My God, I I didn't think of WWE once in relation to Shinsuke Nakamura during this entrance, this match, this uh, just charisma that exuded out of this man. And that that white whatever you would call it that he was wearing to the to the ring with uh with Lee England i mean what a pairing
0: mm-hmm. yeah spectacular you know i think just the feeling of seeing nakamura again in japan um in in a big stage you know for a big significant main event match um that alone felt very special
1: so the match went uh, 18 minutes and 20 seconds and you know it, th- this was not the match of the show but in terms of this crowd like they saw Nakamura and Muda as just the biggest stars, and it felt like a big, important match. And a special match. On top of that, I thought that they that they worked like a a very good main event. I didn't think that this dragged. I thought that like the crowds and this was a crowd that could not cheer, but they were just you could like just a gasp as Nakamura is coming out. You could see like they um You know, this, some people looked at should this headline over the title match. I thought they made the right call that this was the main event. And I think that this was in the uh, proper position here. But the, uh, we saw the poison mist from uh, Keiji Muto, the red mist uh, to Nakamura. And the ending came when Nakamura sucked out the mist from Muda's mouth and then sprayed green mist into Muda's face before Kinshasa to win in a 1820 afterwards Nakamura calling Muda his idol. And then, uh, Muda called Nakamura several things that we will get to in a second, which was its own controversy. I thought that would be the major controversy of, uh, of a yeah. uh, that we would be discussing tonight. But in terms of the on-screen presentation, your thoughts? Well, I should I should mention like I've I've
0: seen very minimal of Muda, you know, throughout these recent years, and so I don't know if um my expectations were maybe tempered to what yours might be john having followed much closer you know to his current state so i think i i think if i had seen what he was physically uh, limited to at this point, I might've looked at this match as like a bit, bit of a success story. And you know what, judging by the crowd reaction toward it all, the emotion coming out of it from the crowd, the announcers, Nakamura himself, I would classify all of that as quite successful. And I thought, you know, using the mist and sort of like these sort of gimmicky things to create something compelling um, in, in terms of story I thought was overall successful, but you know, the man is still incredibly limited in what he's able to do, but he was still able to pull off like a like nice looking flash elbows, pretty decent looking shining wizards. You know, he, no he's he's, felt, he's got
1: the great Muda like formula presentation down and he knows like his timing is like his instincts are still there to maximize the limited things that he can do. And he mm-hmm. had a superstar to work off of in Nakamura that the audience saw as a major, major star. It, yeah. d- it does make you wonder what is the plan for the Tokyo dome of, uh, cause I-, I thought this went pretty, pretty damn great for uh, a great Muda uh, performance at this stage where the man has just turned 60.
0: Maybe that's where you throw the salt in, but I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not that hopeful that, that that happens given his uh, mobility at this point. But, um, yeah, successful, I would say in terms of grandeur and spectacle and overall story.
1: So afterwards, uh, Muda goes to the back, and this is where he is speaking to the reporters, and then dropped uh, some very unfortunate homophobic language to describe Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, sucking the mist out of his face. Which, it is worth knowing, is a spot that uh, Will Osprey did with Bushi a number of years ago uh, in New Japan, so this was not... Uh, not a an original uh match finish. But nonetheless, it was uh, this language was uh, very disappointing to hear and then I, I was very surprised that it made its way onto Noah's social channels, which has thankfully been taken down. Um but this to me it was just a really awful look. And something that I, I would think would be, you know, there are going to be the apologists out there, but I just thought this this was pretty awful language to hear in 2023. And I am not one that uh, just gives the uh, uh, well, it's it's a issue with uh, a different generation not understanding this. I just thought it was pretty tone deaf to be using and it just kind of gave a damper on what was uh, to me uh, a pretty great um ending to this show with this match and then you hear these comments
0: certainly yeah i mean the mood is so celebratory you see these commentators they're tearing up and crying at you know one of the last sort of big moments in this man's very very illustrious career and the first thing you see as we cut to the back is a very short promo in english here from kg muto um possibly speaking in character or not in character there's there's no excuse for care. it but it's you know it's I, what I got so it might like you might be a bit lost I guess if you haven't seen the match nor nor the interview but as John mentioned the last spot of the match was Shinta Nakamura essentially like Kissing Mudo to suck the mist out of him so that he could spit the mist out. Mm-hmm. And what you got in the post match interview from Mudo was essentially what I deemed to be some form of like very insecure defense of his um, masculinity by calling, you know, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura queer and uh, a derogatory, you know, slur for uh, a homosexual person. So um, I, it was. The 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 people that might defend it are saying, okay, well, you know, he's a man in his what, sixties, fifties, um, in Japan, sixties in Japan, where which is a culture that might, you know, in some cases be sort of lagging behind in terms of I think how progressive they are with LGBTQ plus um, uh, rights, but God, like, you know, you booked Shinsuke Nakamura. For a reason. And that's to cater to an, uh, an international audience. You know you're on an international stage. You're even cutting a promo in English. To try to cater to an international audience. How unaware must you be. In the state of the world. At this point. Um, so I hope this is a learning experience. For him to find out. W- like, why this man still like thinks it's okay to use language like this? Does it indicate anything deeper within him? You know, with, with regards to his his opinions on on the subject, and and uh, it's you know, hopefully, it's a wake up call to any sort of like promotion out there um, that is granting live mics to people in there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, yeah, different generations.
1: I I think honestly, like I. I will give them like the benefit of the doubt of uh, of an apology coming. I think that's at very least. I'm not one of these. I don't know that, if
0: you're going to get that, John.
1: Well, I think know? I think that really reflects poorly on not just just Mudo, but the promotion itself um, that you condone this. I, I'm not saying that you have to uh, get rid of this guy, but I feel like this was this went out on all your channels. I would be pissed if I was it's, WWE it's and still, I see this It's
0: still on the on the stream, like on the on the main show. It's at the end of the main show. On the, on the it's still on, on
1: that feed oh well that's yeah. that's really bad um i i saw like the the tweet um the video of the tw- uh the the like minute um had been taken down off the uh, off the twitter but yeah if it's still there up on the feed i think that i think that reflects really poorly on noah
0: so, you know, certainly this collaboration with WWE opened various sort of obvious um, discussions or, or speculation about whether or not Muda would, number one, uh, maybe even make it to the Rumble. Uh, but if not the Rumble, then certainly maybe a shoe in for the international, you know, slot of the WWE Hall of Fame. I can't imagine that happening at all at this point. You know, this, this would just not fly.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, you know, I I wasn't like aggressively following this story. I when I first saw those comments, I I had it sent to me like first thing on Sunday morning. So it's like I'm watching these comments and I'm thinking that like, wow, this is this is really, really bad. And it was definitely discussed online, but I I thought it honestly would. Generate a larger backlash than it did.
0: Well, how like many it, people do you think watch the match? Like, how many people signed up to Russell Universe, or, or at least, you know, was was it aware enough? I,
1: I mean, think it, far less saw the press, the, the backstage portion than did the match. Um, and right. and the fact is, like, this is. You know, you know if if this had happened uh in a North American promotion with your equivalent of of a mudo here um i I think this would be like a major story uh hmm. of you know the, the this clip going around um I don't know if this is gonna just kind of fall under the radar for, for people, but it's, you know,
0: there's, the internet brings everything up, John, you know, and, and if, if, if let's say it's, it's April or March, like they're, they're looking, that they were possibly thinking about this, you know, for, for the hall of fame. I mean, it's still relatively fresh in people's minds at at that point that I, like when we're talking about that at this point, WWE going out of their way to possibly honor somebody who's, who's not in their system for, you know, like, bad like at the risk of bad pr and pr is the, the thing that they probably care the most about so why would they i I,
1: I would i would say that way but at the same time it's like man glenn jacobs has said some horrific things and that has not affected them like th- this yeah, kind true. of thing like part of me is like you know i would not be happy if i was wwe but at the same time if they were gung-ho on going ahead with these plans i i I don't know if this kind of thing stops them either because they they don't mind being in business with, you know, uncomfortable figures or, you know, and in the grand scheme of things, this is not at the level of some of the other things they've attached themselves to. So, you could be right. Um Anyway, that was an unfortunate part coming out of this. Uh, just some other uh, stories from the show. Uh, Kaito Kiyomiya and Keno uh, was second from the top, a phenomenal match for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Kiyomiya, like the story here is that Keno does not respect Kiomiya as this godlike figure that is required to be the GHC Heavyweight Champion. So you had Kiomiya just put on this phenomenal performance. Uh, some of the highlights was um, a Topicon hero over the corner to the floor And then a uh, shining wizard that wins it for Kiyomiya. That's one of the moves he adopted after beating Mudo last year. They went uh, 19 and a half minutes, but uh, just some terrific stuff here uh, from from both individuals. So that would be a match that I would certainly go out of your way to see. Uh, Kenta and Naomichi Marafuji, they lost to Takeshi Sugiyora and Satoshi Kojima. Uh, A fine match here. It was, you know, it was not the Kenta and Marafuji of. 15 to 20 years ago but it was still to the crowd a cool deal to see the two uh, reunited here when 1842 with kojima pinning Marufuji with the cozy lariat and kenta announced to everyone representing the bullet club so they made sure that this is this is not your your noah kenta this is this is kenta of the bullet <laughs> club coming um Junior heavyweight championship match saw uh, Amoxa, who is uh, the former Howe, taking on Junta Miyawaki. And Amoxa retained the junior heavyweight championship. Uh, but the the story of this to me is that Miyawaki, he is a 25-year-old who just came back from excursion in Mexico. Uh, I am very high on this guy. I think that this dude has... All of the tools and could have a very big year he was just so crisp with so much of his timing he's got a great look uh amoxa even though he doesn't look it is 37 years old which in my world now is old i'm sorry way um <laughs> but nonetheless um they, they had a really really great uh junior heavyweight match but uh Miyawaki, i was very impressed with uh, in terms of his showing in this match uh Jack Morris defeated Timothy Thatcher. And then after the match, a masked man came out revealing himself to be Jake Lee. And uh, this was a bit of a surprise because I think a lot were expecting that Jake Lee, after leaving all Japan, would maybe pop up in New Japan. Uh, but he's here and he aligned with Jack Morris, not the pitcher, but rather the professional wrestler. And they uh, Jake Lee is working uh, this coming uh, weekend uh, for Noah so he's uh, getting right into the thick of it and then um, I won't go through all of the undercard but the the one I wanted to note was the uh, the eight-man tag that featured uh, the mysterious ex showing up to team with Kazuyuki Fujita Nosawa Rangai and Kendo Kashin. and it was 61-year-old Hiroshi Hase to take on Masakatsu Funaki, Manabu Soyo, Soya, Katsuhiko Nakajima and Hajime Ohara and Hase all I want to see is Hase and Ricky Steamboat team up in 2023. Dude, Hase came out. This guy looks phenomenal. He he like races down the apron the the ramp. This was like a mystery partner that lived up to the hype. He's running the ropes like he's half his age and he looked great in this match. I mean, wow. this dude was just I, I just thought he looked great. Like the, the over 60 division in pro wrestling, it's not a deep division, but you could have a division, you know, <laughs> Hase sting Ricky steamboat. I mean, you know what? One yeah. to two matches a year, make them a trios tournament, uh, tournament participant later this year in AEW. I mean, dude, Hase was great in this match. And, uh, he won with his move, the Northern Lights pinning Ohara. And, um, you know, you, you had a uh, Funaki and Nakajima in there just unloading kicks on Hase. Like, dude, this dude did not just show up for a hot tag. Okay. He worked, um, like 10 times more than John Cena on Friday and, mm-hmm. I just thought he was a he was a great addition on this show and a, and a really cool surprise that they had. But um, overall, this was like a really entertaining show. It was Noah's biggest card in years, and I think that they are going to continue this momentum for the Yokohama Arena show and certainly for the Tokyo Dome. Uh, I don't think uh, today's or Sunday's comments are gonna overshadow uh, Muto's appeal. I think to to some fans it, it will, but I do think it is something that especially in Japan will will blow over but um that was that was really it was just like this was a really great fun show and then you saw that and it was just kind of like the air out of the balloon when you heard that and it just kind of left you with a sour note uh coming out of of the card but that was a that was a very enjoyable card that noah put together uh did you get to see any of a? Uh, your annual MMA viewing tradition of the New Year's Eve card from Ryzen and I Bellator? I did not, unfortunately. Oh. No. Well, I-, I won't go through it. I did do a quick uh, recap in the update, but the final scene of the night, Bellator ran the table. They won all five of the main card fights. And then Nobuhiko Takada gets into the ring to lead, like you have the officials uh, from Ryzen and Bellator there and some of the fighters. And Takada does the Ichi Ni Da. So mm-hmm. I did not think that one of the last visuals of the year would have been Scott Coker participating in the Antonio Anoki chant in the Saitama Super Arena. But we, we had wow. that. And um, on a personal level, it was kind of cool because back when we did Fight Network Radio, our Mondays, it would be, uh, Moro would have Paul Lazenby on. And here on New Year's Eve, we had Moro calling the Bellator card with John McCarthy. And then Paul Lazenby was on the English commentary uh, for the Noah Lazenby. show as well. So, Very cool. Taking yeah. over. A lot of uh, Canadian content as well on these uh these New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day cards. And uh, before we wrap up the news here, uh, as I mentioned, Kento Miyahara and Takuya Nomura are probably having their match as we speak at Korakuen Hall. So maybe we will get a result before the end of the show. But for those not following All Japan, uh, these two, they won the, uh, the Tag League last month. And that led to the two winning the All Japan Tag Titles on Monday at Korakuen Hall, uh, early Monday in Japan, late Sunday for us here in North America. And they beat Suwama and uh, Kono to win the tag titles. And then the very next match, Takuya Nomura won the annual New Year's Battle Royal that All Japan does. So he worked back-to-back matches, winning both, and also worked a Big Japan show on Monday. So he was super busy, and probably his luck ends here against Miyahara, but there's certainly an argument to just... Uh, Why not? Just go all the way with this guy. He is a great, great talent, and these two have had two singles matches in the past with Miyahara winning both of them, but this will probably be a a stellar match that will get lost in the shuffle this week, but it is probably in the ring uh right now so that's the that's the latest on the all japan front and the final thing before we go to raw is just the lineups that we have for the next two nights so nxt is back with their first live show in a couple of weeks where elba fire and isla dawn will have an extreme resolution match
0: okay well that's what you hope a
1: match would do right an extreme resolution match so does the loser have to uh Give in to the other's resolution, um, like one of them says i'm going to um, I'm going to give up chocolate for the new year, but now you're going to have to
0: depends how extreme it is, I guess
1: okay that that doesn't sound too extreme
0: be like you know um, sure, yeah
1: <laughs> in a non resolution match, Carmelo Hayes takes on Apollo Cruz, Charlie Dempsey against Hank Walker. Axiom taking on Trick Williams and Braun Breaker will be on the Grayson Waller effect. And Wednesday, Dynamite has their debut card in Seattle with Samoa Joe and Darby Allen for the TNT title. Chris Jericho against Ricky Starks. The Acclaimed versus rapping Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Do you -hmm. think we get a rap to the ring by Jarrett?
0: I can only hope,
1: John. Brian Danielson against Tony Nese. Swerve Strickland against A.R. Fox. The rematch years in the making from the Hell of War match at Ultima Lucha 3. Yeah, that's right. Jade Cargill and Red Velvet against Kiara Hogan and Sky Blue. Update on Hangman Page, promo from John Moxley, and an appearance by MJF. They've announced like 50 things for Dynamite on on Wednesday, which is a two-hour show. They will, they will fit all of this in, in, in some form or fashion. And the new look, of course. The new look, of course. Do you think the new look gets a ent- introduction or an entrance or a countdown? I think the new look itself is an introduction. I guess so, yeah. So maybe Justin Roberts. Ladies and gentlemen, the new look, and then the lights can come on in the arena? <laughs> sure. The climate pledge arena.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All right. On to Raw we go. The first Raw of the year in Nashville, Tennessee, where uh, they got a big, like, late surge. They're over uh, 9,200 tickets out, according to WrestleTick, So a very, very strong number. It's amazing that, you know, Raw gets, like, this, this huge crowd. And, you know, a typical AEW of late has, like, half this number. And they sound, like, three times as loud as these crowds on Raw. Post, you know, pandemic
0: era. I I don't know what sort of manipulation goes on with with the audio, um. But uh, you know, maybe it could be the, the the dedication of the fan. You know, like AEW really has kind of built for itself, um, like this sort of reputation for being a real party atmosphere. Whereas I guess WWE caters more to like people casually saying, "Hey, do you want to go to wrestling tonight?" Could be that.
1: Yeah, sure, we'll go, but we're not making any noise. <laughs> So there we have it. Um So we start off the show with, well, the only way we could start Raw in 2023. The bloodline. They jump the barricade and they start attacking everybody. They're taking over Raw. So Kevin Owens comes out. Dude, this guy's left eye looked awful. Yeah, oh, yeah. Remnants of SmackDown. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there were a, a couple people busted on Friday with us. Zayn's bloody nose, Owens' eye, Gunther... It's not a, there were some casualties coming out of uh, that SmackDown. So Zayn calls it a hostile takeover of Raw tonight, and people are going to get hurt, and it's all because of Owens. So Owens says, I'm going to come punch you in the face. Adam Pearce says, no way. He brings out security, and they're going to escort the Bloodline out, and everyone boos. They're like, no, don't get rid of the Bloodline. So Bloodline destroys security. Then Owens jumps in, so it's four on one. Pearce calls for backup, and boy, did he have backup here. Luke Gallows... Who didn't go with Carl to uh, the Tokyo Dome? Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, Ali, Elias, and the Street Profits all run down. And Pierce says that all four blood member bloodline members will be in a match tonight. So he he made a he had a big one eighty from escorting them out of the building to uh, you're taking up the second hour.
0: Uh, I I guess so. Yeah, sure.
1: That was the opening segment. Uh, Saxton is backstage with Bianca, and she says that the relationship with Alexa Bliss beyond repair. So Pierce is with the locker room, and he makes Elias and Sokoa in a Music City street fight. This was true leadership that Adam Pierce was able to book not just a Music City street fight, but all of this spare music equipment on such short notice. Who has a piano just lying around at the Bridgestone Arena?
0: Yeah, you know, maybe maybe Elias has some sort of a uh, hookup with the guitar, guitar
1: Center nearby. Yeah. And then the Usos and Zayn will take on Owens and the Street Profits. And then, after all this time, Hardy appeared on Raw. He t- finally. He's here. The musician Hardy is here, and not from Per Oxygen. This is uh, the the man behind the song Sold Out, which is the theme for the Royal Rumble. And Hardy will be performing this live at the Royal Rumble in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. You familiar with Hardy? I'm not. Are you, John? No, no. When this image came up, I thought Kid Rock was playing at the Royal Rumble. Mm. No, it's not. No. The Mockingbird. So Bianca Belair takes on Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. There was a very bizarre sequence at the beginning of this. So (laughs) Belair is like getting in this like boxing stance Bliss throws a punch that doesn't come anywhere close, but Belair braces like it had hit her. So then Belair turns and bliss goes for a drop kick that also missed by a mile. And Belair just goes to the floor. And, uh, that was the start of this. Not, not the, greatest they were, start.
0: they were replicating a sequence from scary movie three, like punch for punch, John, you know, this came out <laughs> online afterwards and it was a scene involving, uh, the protagonist of scary movie three with the girl from the ring and in this case, it was Alexa Bliss playing the girl from the ring. Um, have you seen Scary Movie three or any are of you, the scary movies? Are you being serious? I am. Yeah, yeah. Whose it was there.
1: Idea would, who who comes up with that?
0: I mean, they must be fans of the film, um, and I'm guessing they were so dedicated to completing sort of like the comedy, you know, re- replication that like some of these punches did not look very good at all. So it um, was purposely
1: they purposely missed punches. I don't know if they them. purposely miss punches. You know, I like this, this might be the dumbest idea I've ever heard to for a match idea.
0: Well, I mean, it's their version, I guess, of you know when CM Punk and Brian Danielson tried to replicate Sonnen vs. Silva. You know, it's, it's, it's similar to that. Um, so
1: yes. Scary movie three and an MMA fight. Very yeah. similar. Well, um, we got repeated scoop slams by Bel Air, and then a handspring moonsault by Bel Air for a two count. Was this out of a uh, lethal weapon? What part? Uh, I don't know this. I don't know. Bliss then slips out of the corner. She yanks Belair by the braid and bliss is in control when she spots a man with a, bray wyatt mask on and she is fixated on this man and distracted so then she climbs up the turnbuckle she sees another man with a mask and she climbs down the screen flickers the crowd gets excited by the flickering and then bliss shakes her head and she attacks the referee destroys bel-air we never get a bell the match is just done and It leads to Belair being thrown into the post, thrown into the stairs, and then a DDT onto the stairs. And this crowd in Bianca Belair's home state starts chanting one more time. And uh, also some blood here. I think it was from Bianca's nose or Alexa's nose, I should say.
0: I, I think the blood was from Bianca, like when she got, uh, so, you know, Iris swept into the steps. It looked like her mouth. I couldn't tell off.
1: if it was the. There was definitely blood from Alexa's nose, and I didn't I know if she got both. it onto Bianca. Well, maybe they yeah. both bled. This went on for 17 minutes. Um, and then a stretcher was brought out for Bel Air. Montez Ford is down. So they tried to do a serious angle. I, I did not think this worked for 17 minutes. Um, I, I hated the ending. I, I just thought the beginning was just, they were just off. Um, what mm-hmm. you told me I dislike this match more after you described that to me. Well,
0: well, I mean they could have done the scene fine, but the action still had to look convincing and the execution was just not good in a wrestling context. I have no issue like it it, it could have been awesome actually, you know them trying to do something from a, a movie fight scene if it looked convincing and if it looked like it belonged in the body of this wrestling match, but it it just didn't look good, you know, unfortunately. Um The match I found pretty lacking in terms of fluidity, you know, even beyond that spot. I also found the crowd's energy for it pretty low, especially considering this, you know, was a homecoming of sorts for Bianca Belair. They did not seem to care about her. No, and it was
1: early in the show. I mean, and this was consistent throughout the show. Like, I thought, you know... we we got some like lengthier matches on the show, and I would say not until like the final minutes of Rollins and Theory did you really feel the audience played a um, a mm-hmm. role in getting into the action. So or Hardy, I, they got they got into Hardy. They, they did get into Hardy. The, yeah. Maybe maybe they peaked early with uh, with Hardy. Maybe. Once you teased that he's here, yeah, you know, can you pay attention to what's happening in the ring? All the sort of
0: you know Bray Wyatt kind of hocus pocus stuff is um, overall like it's been pretty corny you know like even going back to friday with with uncle howdy um it's it's something that it is is necessary for the rest of this alexa bliss storyline um I, I will say i think so, one of the saving graces about the segment was the unintentional blood both on alexa coming out of her nose and also for bianca coming off of her chin if there's a time to you know get busted open hard away it would be for uh, to elevate something that is supposed to be a significantly kind of scary and traumatic series of of events like you saw here.
1: Kathy Kelly interviewed Austin Theory. This backstage segment was probably a minute. Between the two of them, they said Seth freaking Rollins four times.
0: Well, that's his full name.
1: Every single reference to him. He was not just... And Seth freaking Rollins. And then just from there referring them as Seth or Rollins. Every single time it was Seth freaking Rollins. Because tonight I'm going to face Seth freaking Rollins. And if Seth freaking Rollins thinks he's going to take my U.S. title, well, I have news for you, Seth freaking Rollins. It's unbelievable. I you just get felt used like, to it,
0: I'm sure. It gets I don't get used to head. it
1: because I specifically noted it here. It was too much. Just too much. Elias and Solo Sokoa. The Music City Street Fight. So we got uh, pianos, guitars, Drum kit, keyboards, Mm -hmm. the whole works. Sokoa, did you notice? uh, I don't know if Sokoa has been working with this for some time, but it was the first time I noticed it. They had a knee brace on. didn't notice. No, on his left knee. It was like the knee brace right there. So (laughs) I don't know if he's like working through stuff, but uh, it was very noticeable. Elias misses a guitar shot and uh, breaks it over the post. So then Sokoa is sent into the drum kit and gets hit with a cymbal. Elias gets up from a Samoan drop and breaks a keyboard over Sokoa's back. Uh, Sokoa misses him in the corner, and then Elias, I hope this was some kind of gimmick tambourine, because, dude, he was waffling Sokoa over the head with this tambourine over and over again. But this audience, they got into it when Elias... Where where did you
0: go to get a worked tambourine? I'm curious. I
1: don't know. Maybe you make a paper mache tambourine. Um, Hmm. Maybe maybe you uh, consult Eve for a tambourine. I don't know. I'm sorry. I lost that one. It was a song. Uh, Sakoa then uh, recovers from the tambourine shots and uh, Hardy appears and hands Elias a guitar and Elias gets stopped by a super kick. So Hardy then enters the ring, breaks the guitar over Sakoa's back. The man no sells it. Hardy gets the hell out of there. And then Sakoa turns around into a flying knee and Elias comes off the top into the Samoan spike. But Solo ain't done yet. He goes to the edge of the apron, spinning Solo onto the piano that breaks. And yeah. Sokoa pins him in 14-24 and stares down Hardy. If he had killed Hardy right after this, this would have been a flawless ending. Uh, this this was a great ending to this match. Probably these two were certainly in pain after this one. But they found a way to have a 14-and-a-half-minute match with Elias and... uh audience this was like the most lively they were throughout a match by mm. relying on the weapons and a man taking a urinagi through a piano at the end
0: crazy really yeah um you know these like holiday themed wwe platter matches are usually all pretty similar you put a bunch of like relevant objects around the ring and it's just guys like iris whipping each other into them um they're pretty much just like any hardcore match but with like some sort of different skin depending on on the holiday season but thank goodness like this was a pretty good hardcore match and i think like elias is you know he's he's sort of like your go to guy when you're trying to do these sort of like miracle or like i don't know like these these music things certainly but like even others it feels like he's done plenty of these and i think he's gained a bit of a reputation for like you know not being afraid to like you know fight hard and get hurt and solo Sokoa is certainly of that same type so you had two guys not afraid to really just kind of like go all out here. And, um, it ended up being quite entertaining. You know, the, the musician stuff was some decent bit of celebrity integration. I am assuming they're going to pay that off between solo and Hardy at the rumble.
1: I would think so. I think you have to do something there with, with the two of them, Mm -hmm. the Usos and Sami Zayn against Kevin Owens and the street profits. So Montez Ford is dejected on the apron because he's thinking about Bianca from earlier. And, uh, being DDT'd on those those same steps. So this led to Owens being beat on throughout the match. Finally, he gets to the corner, and he has to slap Ford to wake him up. And Ford comes alive. He does this awesome comeback, attacking Zayn, standing Moonsault, and then from the heavens. But Jay makes the save. Dawkins nails Jay with a pounce. And then Ford hits the Topicon Hero onto Zane and Jimmy. When Solo Sokoa returns and hits the Samoan spike on Dawkins, Owens attacks Sokoa and Jay super kicks Owens and Ford. Nails Jimmy on the apron, but he leaves himself open for the Huluva kick, allowing Zayn to pin forward in 11 minutes and 49 seconds. The bloodline continue to beat on Owens and Sokoa gets a chair. Zayn takes it away from Sokoa. He doesn't want him to use the chair on Owens. And then Sheamus and Drew McIntyre jump the barricade and clear the ring of the bloodline with their tag title match coming up on Friday
0: it was a pretty fun match. You know, I, I enjoyed the extra bit of storytelling with Ford being distracted by Bianca leading to him being distracted for the finish. Um, so
1: maybe yeah. he saw a man in a mask on the uh, opposite, the hard cam
0: could be just staring
1: at him. The whole match
0: could have been. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That could have been
1: it. Nice match. Uh, and continuing the, uh, the Zane's reluctance to see them go and destroy Kevin Owens.
0: Hmm.
1: So, they mentioned the broken ankle that AJ Styles has suffered. Chad Gable takes on Dexter Loomis, the silent man that they're calling him. So this was um, this was not one of Gable's uh, more uh, big standout television matches. So Loomis hit a bulldog. Did a kip up to his feet and into a leg drop. And then Gable with a released German. Otis misses a discus lariat, so rams his arm into the post. And Loomis counters a mahi straw cradle, rolling up Gable in 410. Audience wasn't into this one bit.
0: Mm-mm. They were pretty dead for this one. And, um, I, you know, without The Miz, without Johnny Gorgano, without Indy, like, I don't. Really see that much in Dexter Loomis as a single's character.
1: Where was uh, all of Loomis's money? Got all this gave money. it all away. Didn't Does he have to be doing this?
0: Well, I mean, he loves this, doesn't he? He
1: got all of the Mrs. Va- like all of his money.
0: Right. Well, he's in it for more than money. Obviously, Man. he loves the sport. Uh, I thought it, the match was very dull. You know, you have a guy who kind of has to work like a 90s, like, cartoony Undertaker type of slow-moving character. And in 2023, when I think the barometer for creepy is something like, you know, Bray Wyatt and in-ring even, like, he you can't just be 90s Undertaker, I... I just did not like this at all. And you were up against Chad Gable here. So I don't really like he Dexter Loomis is still one of the more perplexing returns under Paula Beck to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, this was not a like Chad Gable is kind of a marginal character, but usually has these entertaining television matches. This was not one of them.
0: Chat room is uh, informing us that uh, Dexter lost the money back to the Miz in the latter match.
1: Oh, Yeah, that's right. That ladder match, it was uh, Loomis losing all the money. so So He's got to work. He's got to work. The story makes perfect sense, John. There is a video on Cody Rhodes and his journey to recovery. So they go over his return at WrestleMania, the photos with Dusty, and being the extension of the American dream. And this will be continued, this video series, which I think ends with his announcement of his return.
0: Would make sense. Yeah. So they're not going the surprise route. They're, you know, doing the... I'm assuming Cody Rhodes will be at the Royal Rumble type of thing.
1: I think They're, that's the smart way to go. This does not need to be a surprise return.
0: Agreed, agreed. I mean, Cat was already kind of out of the bag, you know, last week. But I
1: I can't believe New Japan is not trying to make more of like the idea of Sasha Banks showing up on Wednesday and mm. not wanting like why would you not want this to be like I can
0: only assume John that like her appearance is not going to be that significant on the show. Like I imagine it'll be showing up at the, at the end of the Kyrie match, just s- simply being there.
1: And That's not... a big deal. She's showing up. It's her first appearance. Right. Right. But like, there would be, there would be people that not, will tune into this show for that. I don't doubt that, but,
0: um, it could be that like, they don't even have her, you know, like they might not even have her cutting a promo. It just might be her like being seen. And, You know, like the way the New Japan subscription works is you pay a fee for the entire month. So maybe their thinking is we get the buzz off of January 4th and then hook the people to actually pay for a subscription for the actual match.
1: I would want Maybe. to be driving as many people as possible for your biggest show of the year on on Wednesday. I, I feel overall, I think that there are many promoters out there that are so obsessed with surprises, and sometimes it's it's detrimental. I'm not saying that's the case here, but I think like there is this obsession with surprising fans instead of realizing how important anticipation is, and
0: paying it's cer- it off. It's certainly not a very good, uh, well-kept surprise. I think the more important uh, place to announce her would be AEW. So we'll see on Wednesday, you know, if, if it it is,
1: they've indicated like they're going to, you know, give you some clue as to who the partner will be on Wednesday. So Mm -hmm. that would be the time to do it. Damage control come out and they insult Nashville. This is where the group was created at SummerSlam and Bailey brags about beating Becky who comes out and says that Bailey thinks she reinvented the wheel. But in fact, it's a hamster wheel. She's been on doing the same thing week after week. And you feel the most comfortable in someone else's shadow. And that Sky and Kai aren't your lackeys because they're doing all the heavy lifting. And one of them is bound to turn on you. So she proposes a match. Bailey turns it down but says Becky can take on Sky and Kai if she can find a partner. And Becky accepts a handicap match. So we get a two-on-one match with Dakota Kai and Io Sky against Becky Lynch without Mm -hmm. the uh, tag titles on the line.
0: Um, have they, have, they've tried that haven't they, you know, titles tatt- on the line with a handicap situation probably didn't work out too well. Well,
1: Graves made fun of some, uh, flat earthers during this match and Kai and Sky are double teaming when five minutes into the match, Meechin decided, you know what? I'm not doing anything else. I can go out and help her. She yeah. had five yeah. minutes to decide on this. Maybe they couldn't cue up her music. Well, I mean,
0: maybe, maybe she thought, "Oh, Becky's got this," and once like, gave her a chance, and once like, Becky, she does
1: not have this, yeah, she
0: needs it Michin.
1: Well, turned out to uh, <laughs> it's turned out to be a great plan by Meechin, who ends up getting pinned in this whole thing. <laughs> so <laughs> they, uh, they 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 double team, superplex, Kai. Sky makes a save. Meechin then spikes Kai onto the. Floor and Becky is going after Bailey on the floor when Meechin hits eat the feet. But after hitting eat the feet, she's on her back and gets hit by over the moon salt. And Sky pins Meechin in 1346. And Becky has this look on her face that just screams, I had this. Thanks, Meechin. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> I'd be pissed.
0: Uh,
1: you come wait. and join, and we, we get the loser's purse out of this. Thanks yeah. a lot. What a this is this is your your babyface creation of uh, Meachin here. Uh, I job. suppose
0: so. I suppose so. Yeah. Um yeah, I you know at the start of this when it was just a handicap match, I mean, I, I was certainly wondering if they were going to see this through and how they are going to book themselves out of it because it would have been a bad situation for the tag champs, but I mean, coming out of it, you give Damage Control another win over Becky, uh Becky, you know, superstar that she is has to sell some sort of um, you know, um St- uh, stress from losing twice now to damage control, so builds a bit of strength behind them. Uh, so, what what is the match at the end of all this? Becky Bianca, uh, sorry, Becky Bailey again? Or are we? I, th- I think they're
1: definitely going to have Becky get her win back over Bailey after losing on TV a few weeks ago, for sure. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So there you have it. So it looks like uh, Kento Miyahara retained the uh, the Triple Crown on today's show, and it looks like Yuji Nagata challenged him after, which will that'll be a great match. They will have. There's your your all Japan update. Jimmy Allen's in the crowd. Sorry, did a did a song for tribute for the troops. Kathy Kelly interviewed Seth Rollins, and he said that the Bloodlines trying to take over a show, and Theory is trying to take his spot. But this is my show, and did put the put importance on the United States title. Saxton, our roving reporter, tracks down Alexa Bliss. And his opening question, you seem to have completely lost control out there. She says, no. Au contraire, mon frere. I gained control over Bianca Belair's headspace, and that title belongs to me. Cool. Great, great plan.
0: Um, She's pretty confident that she's going to get a rematch, obviously. Why? Why is she so confident about this? Because everybody gets rematches here.
1: You can if know. I was Bianca, I'd be like, No. You hit me with a vase, and then you just smashed my face in the steps. Get lost. You had your chance. You had 17 minutes out of there to beat me, and you did not do it. I'm moving on.
0: I guess it's not up to Bianca, is it? Who else? You is, came, else you came it up the with the scary
1: movie spot, okay? I'm moving on from you. <laughs> See. All right. And then we go to a white backdrop that is brought to life by the image of one Dominic Mysterio. <clears throat> Sadness It's not a bad thing to feel But it's that cold absence of feeling That's what prison was like You think I'm playing a game? You think this is a game to me? I, I served a hard time And I survived Prison changes a man And you guys might think it's over for me But no I'm just getting started and mommy, I'll see you soon. This man is on pace to be the best character of 2023. He's best got on the mic like
0: 2023, I think. Look at the eye drop like he's here. added. Oh, eye drop. Lovely. Oh, there my you go. goodness.
1: This guy, he goodness. had the toothpick in there. That's hilarious. Could you imagine, Way, if I showed you this photo in 2020? be like this is where we're going so s- stick around for this dominic character
0: not at all no can you imagine a year from now you know what oh, this man's man. going to look like you oh, know he'll, he'll be look he'll be looking like the tattooed guy in the mogul affiliate he's going to be in mogul affiliates you're right yeah. yeah this, this was nice amazing tattoo. dude this was dominic coming out here the gold chain the mustache street, street cred dominic with about 16 hours of prison time to his name <laughs> Uh, this character just keeps getting better and better and better, you know. And and again, like this, we know it's like somewhere in the vicinity of like sixteen to twenty hours because that video was posted on Christmas Eve, like eight thirty p.m. And he got out. He tweeted that he got out thanks to mommy at two thirty in the afternoon the next day. But it's evidently it's changed this man. I
1: love it. It's a, it, it this is fantastic. I think that you know. I want to see this guy take over the Judgment Day. I think that's the long term plan here. Oh, he should take over the entire
0: company. I mean, listen, we we're, we we're, we're, we do speak in jest a lot when we're speaking about Dominic, but come this on, guy's this guy's doing is great in this is world. one of the most entertaining stories and characters that we've had in quite some time. He's a, he he has entertained me, and he's completely self aware of what type of character and what his appeal is. Everything about this is working right now.
1: Take the bloodline stuff out because I still look at that as more of a SmackDown program as much as they're trying to inject it here. Like mm-hmm. I am not into too much of the programs on Raw. Like the, the, the Judgment Day is something, and look at where that group was six months ago. They mm-hmm. really turned that around. Much and, of that thanks to Dominic. Yeah, taking and, them to another level. Yeah, you know, and all things are set up for a great. You know, program with him and Ray going into Mania. Like they cooled it off by having them on the separate shows, but it's in everyone's, you know, front of mind that that is the destination that they're keeping, you know, that thread between them, even though they're on separate shows. The holidays have united them from multiple angles.
0: That is correct. I want to talk again about this holiday video that that, uh, at Grandpa's place. I didn't realize Grandma even got into the action. She was the one that was calling the cops in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was a really well thought out uh, spot right down to Dominic being the one to shove Ray first. It was, um, yeah. It was excellent. Then they played a video package on Bronson Reed. I was glad that they had some representation of Bronson Reed on this show because, you know, it's been been two weeks. And I would say if they, you know, there was no Miz on this show. So to not have him, it would have just felt like he was already forgotten immediately. So this was simple. It was just NXT footage and multiple tsunamis, but it made you remember that this is a new character on the show that keeps you that reminds you because you know, it's last week was off and time moves very quickly.
0: It was something, you know, I would have preferred to have seen a match maybe instead of the, De- the Dexter Loomis match, but um, yeah, you know, there's plenty of time in the year.
1: And the main event, Austin Theory and Seth Rollins for the United States Championship. The first half of this match was so dull. It, it wasn't was too- that bad, was it? I thought it was. I, I'm not saying it was bad. It was just, to me, nothing. Um, like, the crowd sang along at bits. So I can't say they were dead. Um, but then it it picked up. To me, the, the turning point was the Rollins knee spot where he goes to lift up Theory, and Mm. it's his knee buckles, and it was done so well because Mm -hmm. it's not like your obvious knee injury it's number one it calls back to rollins injury from 2015 and the way he did it he really conveyed it as like it was a blown spot as opposed to an injury and the whole rest of the the match
0: the ref was excellent like you know being right there to check on him like he would if it was a legit injury also the fact that they went right back to the spot I, him up in a power bomb. I you thought he really had me really guessing.
1: really well done um mm-hmm. and was made the whole last bit very strong, so he's got the knee but yeah as way mentioned he then lifts them up and then he does the spot where he scales to the top and nine times out of ten and Seth has been a offender of this many times is you know you're selling a knee injury or something and then you do something spectacular this was the one time it worked because your idea was okay the knees fine but you had seen the spot and he would go back to it he put too much he compromised the knee too much by believing that it was it was fine so he does the superplex, but then instead of the follow-up Falcon arrow it's turned into a fisherman buster by theory they get into near falls and this is where they've got the crowd he goes for the stomp but his knee gives out again and theory grabs the belt he's going to leave Rollins brings him back super kick and hopping on one leg goes to the top and hits a one-legged frog splash uh, Theory kicks out, crowd goes nuts, and then the stomp gets caught, and Rollins is run into the referee. Rollins lands on his injured leg, but he manages a pedigree. The other ref runs in, counts two, and then Theory avoids the stomp, and behind the referee's back, low blow, chop blocks the knee, and hits A Town down, pinning Rollins in 23 minutes and 37 seconds. Um, I still feel Theory has a long way to go but man, Seth Rollins is the guy that he should be working every single live event with over and over and over again, because this guy is just outstanding. Uh, Seth Rollins. And I thought this was, um, some of his best stuff has come with Austin theory that he's, he's very much leading the way to me. Like, I don't think theory has turned that corner yet, but, um, this, especially the last half of this match, I thought was very, very strong.
0: I thought it was a fantastic TV match, you know, um, Yes, like any Seth Rollins match is going to be principally a showcase for Seth Rollins, but I, I don't think you can get this result unless you're pretty good yourself. And I think theory has proven to be pretty good when he's in there with, you know, somebody who's not of the caliber of Seth Rollins. I mean, yes, it is a bit more of a different story. Um, but still, you know, to be able to achieve this sort of thing and, and, and to be able to kind of tell the story that he did along with Seth Rollins with that excellently working the injury. Um, I thought. You should give both of the, these men kudos. Um, really exciting closing sequences. Even the ref bumps, I thought, were very well designed and very effective. Everything, I felt, was pretty quality here.
1: So that ended the first Raw of 2023. No major angles to go off the show with or anything like that. But I would say Theory and Rollins uh was an entertaining match. The uh, What was it? The Nashville...
0: Music fight, city
1: music fight the music city street fight um that that was better than i expected it was going to be for a 14 and a half minute match uh, with with hardy's involvement as well
0: yeah yeah that's right yeah i'm hoping we get a payoff for that at the rumble
1: so are you ready for another year of three hour Raws after tonight did it give you i'm hope? ready for another
0: lifetime uh yeah absolutely we're going to be doing this forever why not
1: yeah and worth noting that they have uh two more weeks. And it's not just the rumble that they have to promote, but that 30th uh, anniversary of raw is in three weeks as well, that Hmm. they're going to have to hype up and be dedicating time Hmm. to that will be a very, very big edition of raw in Philadelphia.
0: Okay. Uh, We got one super chat here from LCT who sends $10 earlier on in the show. He says, wrestling is scripted. Why is it so hard to get the belt off of the bloodline? What a sad state of affairs it is watching Raw being headlined by the U S title again.
1: I don't think that it's so hard to get the belts off of them, but that's the story. They ha- they control all of the power, and if you're talking specific about Roman Reigns, I think like what what has been the detriment for them of nothing like that's yeah, like people might not like the fact there's no world title on raw but it has not affected the show's viewership figures it's, it's, it has not affected it, the ability to sell 9200 tickets for a raw uh, on on a monday night in nashville it's
0: made roman reigns feel more special that's the side effect it's made the championships feel more valuable and it's made the us and ic titles feel more valuable i think they've proven this year that you can build a tv show without your main championships and there's probably a limit to that, you know, like when it's when it when the blood if the bloodline was not as hot as it was, without a Sami Zayn, without somebody like a Roman Reigns, would this have been as effective? Can they replicate something like this for the future? I don't know. But for the past year it's worked perfectly fine. Um so why would they why would they get the belt off, off the bloodline? It's it's going great right now.
1: It's the it's the A story. So you want it to have a big payoff at the end and hopefully it. It really benefits people when you do execute those title changes. Let's uh, do uh, these pieces of feedback, and then we're going to do a quick – preview of wrestle kingdom since we won't be uh, talking to you until uh wednesday's post show Uh, Said from vancouver writes that bliss and bianca had very little chemistry match felt sloppy and the ending felt flat for me solo has the potential to have a massive year he somehow keeps getting better and better got taken out of raw as the injury to damar hamlin occurred who tackled who tackled a Bengals player stood up yeah we went over that uh unfortunate story from the game tonight uh Main event, the two have great chemistry and always put on a fun match. Rollins selling of the knee was something else. Uh, And good luck to both of you on the coverage of Wrestle Kingdom. Thank you, Saeed.
0: Thank you, Saeed. Let's go up next to Chris from Yonkers, who says, Happy New Year, John and Way." One of my New Year's resolutions was to be more active in the post community, shooting for that Postmarks episode in 2024, so leaving feedback. Uh, highlights of the night for me were the Bloodline versus profits and KO in the U.S. title match and Dominic Mysterio. Montez Ford has all the makings of a main eventer, but at the same time, I can see Angela Dawkins doing the same thing if they position him the right way. He has presence about him, and he has continued to get better in the ring in a way that makes him stand out during tag matches, even with Tez doing everything that makes him great. Austin Theory's Theory has been putting in the work to prove that he wasn't just a Biddy Mac pet project and that Seth Rollins' one-legged frog splash was money. Uh, all in all, not a bad episode. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but it just always feels like they could condense the show to two hours. And I guess Mia Yim is just going by Meechin again. They said that about 100 times during the match. Uh, that is correct. It seems like she's going by Mechin. One more time, uh, with only three weeks left till the Rumble, do you guys have any predictions of what the card could shape up to be outside of the two Rumble matches? Bliss and Bianca for one. Reigns ba- and Owens, um, Bailey and Becky, perhaps.
1: Yep, I mean those se- those seem to be uh, programs that they're building towards. And uh, beyond that, I mean it's it's not like you need a whole lot of matches in there when you have two Rumble mm-hmm. matches. Like you don't. And Reigns and Owens, if that's in there, like he. That pretty much is is the card right there that you're going to get. You know, mm-hmm. sixty to ninety minutes per rumble when you factor in all the entrances and videos and uh, everything together. So,
0: I oh, know, and also uh, Gunther Strowman, maybe or or will that are doing say, that, that on TV?
1: TV um, in right, two that's weeks.
0: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah.
1: All right, let's talk about uh, Russell Kingdom Seventeen going down on Wednesday, one twenty a.m. Eastern time, early Wednesday morning. Featuring the uh, the pre-show that has uh, Ryohei Oiwa taking on Oleg Bolton in an exhibition match. This will be our first look at uh, Oleg Bolton, who is an, uh, an accomplished amateur wrestler. My favorite match of the year, the New Japan Rambo, where the final four will meet the next day at New Year Dash to determine the KOPW championship holder to start the year. Unfortunately, with this year being one show, uh, I think this is the match where you'll find Takagi, Ishii. Taichi, I mean, there's going to be a lot of probably great talent in this match that are, you know, that's just the reality of one show is that you're not going to get uh, focused singles matches or even like multi-person matches for some of your big names, especially like a Takagi.
0: It's a damn shame, you know, when you're talking about somebody like a Shingo Takagi not really finding themselves a, a match on this show. Uh, on the same token, um, I... I'm
1: you you perfectly... do have the Yokohama Arena show as well, so there is, that's you know, right you can't spread out some of the, the guys. Onto. And that's,
0: that's I'm assuming where we'll get, um, the house of darkness, house of torture, um, get the, where they'll get their WrestleMania or sorry, wrestling
1: kingdom, uh, big spot. Yeah. That's the, that's the crime of it all. Evil, not having something more prominent. That's it. So, um, um, uh, It's it's a Rambo.
0: I think New Japan does these like pretty poorly, you know, compared to like the Royal Rumble, for instance, in terms of just number one how seriously they take it. Number two, the execution of it. I mean, maybe this year with you know uh, more talent, uh, they'll they'll treat it differently. But ultimately, this is for the Kingdom Pro Wrestling Championship, isn't it?
1: Maybe a handful of legends here and there. Um, That that's usually the surprises you get. And then the other um, pre-show matches: Yuji Nagata just on? Uh, he's been doing a lot of All Japan uh, over the last few months. Satoshi Kojima, who's been all over Noah, and Togi Makabe, taking on Tatsumi Fujinami, Minoru Suzuki, and Tiger Mask. And it's worth noting that uh, Minoru Suzuki uh, looks to have just formed uh, a group with Naruki Doi and Hokuto, Hokuto Omori on All Japan. So Minoru Suzuki is going to be doing more dates uh, upcoming in All Japan as well, mm. which kind of... Uh, pr- probably was your rationale for splitting up uh, Suzuki-gun, and we will see what uh, Minoru Suzuki's New Japan commitments are for the next few months.
0: I just watched the um, the goodbye to Suzuki-gun, and like he seems to still like state very much a case of wanting to go for the IWGP Championship.
1: Yeah, so. he does put that out there. I can see him doing a bit of All Japan and then coming back at a at a certain point, And mm. you know, yeah, that was a big focus of that, and it, it was a really great like send off that they did. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, you know, anyone turning on each other. It was just, Hey, we've, we've reached it. We're all going to go our one separate of the most ways.
0: Feel good faction breakups I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. It was a, uh, it was a nice moment to, uh, to end yeah. new Japan's year. So anyway, yeah, we'll get Tatsumi Fujinami. We'll see if if he'll be part of the uh, the sixty plus club that uh, hmm. the faction that we are trying to build in uh, two thousand twenty three.
0: Yeah, like without necessarily like knowing so much of the, the history of Antonio Inoki as it relates to a lot of these guys, I mean, some of the significance is, is lost on me. But every single person seems to have some attachment, and you can actually read this great preview on NGPW nineteen seventy two actually. Um, so yeah, I'm sure I'm sure the commentary in Chris Charlton will really shine.
1: On to the main card, uh, TJP and Francesco Akira defending the junior heavyweight tag titles against Leo, Leo Rush and Yo. Um, This should be an outstanding opener. Uh, Both teams had really strong uh, tag league or Super Junior Tag Leagues last year, and Francesco Akira has been a great addition in New Japan's uh, Junior Heavyweight Tag Division. So, um, and Leo Rush, like him and Yo, they just are a great combination. They have great chemistry together, and I really like this role for Leo Rush. I think he has found like a permanent home now in New Japan, and I think that this will be. If you haven't followed uh, the Super Junior Tag League, I think you'll be very impressed with with this match. That hopefully gets some time. We have twelve matches listed so it's um you know there will be some ch- uh, matches that get a bit short changed uh, but hopefully they get you know 12 13 minutes i would hope
0: yeah i have not seen any of leo rush in new japan pro wrestling and his team with yo and i've heard really great things so i'm really treating this show for me as a bit of a jumping on point uh, for a lot of the new japan that i've missed and uh this is one of the things i'm actually most looking forward to seeing leo rush and yo together
1: Kyrie defends the IWGP Women's Championship against uh, Tom Nakano. And in in some ways, I I feel bad because I think everyone is going to be if if Mercedes is not out there like watching ringside at the beginning, I think everybody is going to be anticipating what's happening in the post match. I think everyone is expecting Kyrie to retain. And Mercedes to issue the challenge, so um, they're in a big, big spot here on on the show, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. But also, I think everyone's focus is on what the match is coming out of this one.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not like New Japan to to have anybody interfere. <laughs> I should I should take that statement back but at least uh, when it comes to like you know the house of torture of course but when it when it comes to like new debuts i don't know if if i would see somebody you know a a mercedes interrupting mid-match um i'm assuming they will give these to the platform to actually showcase themselves and have a terrific matchup and then at the end you probably get something like that that's what i I think happens i also wonder like how much anticipation exists within the japanese audience You know, like Sasha Banks is a big deal internationally to us, of course, Um, is I'm assuming she's a big star. Is she is she as big of a star there as she is here to us?
1: I think it's going to be a big reaction for her. And we should note that there is cheering allowed at this. The uh, the the certain guidelines uh, of cheering. So Mm -hmm. you, you will get to hear them. FTR against Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi for the IWGP tag titles. I think this continues the losing streak, and FTR dropped their last set of tag titles. Uh, they lost to Drillistico and Dragon Lee last week. And uh, Dax Harwood, dude, this guy is feeling the effects of that double dog collar match. Like He is getting around uh, rough. Um, and man, seeing that tailbone of his and having to sit on a flight to Japan would not be too envious of that I hope that, he
0: got upgraded to first class.
1: Oh, so anyway, I, I think I think Goto and and Yoshihashi win the tag titles here. Um, mm-hmm. n- not a foregone conclusion, but that's the story they're kind of telling with FTR. So I think this is where they they get the last set of tag titles off of them,
0: for sure. To me, like the result of the match is almost secondary. I mean, I'm just looking to see if, t- if I mean, of course, like look at the talent in this ring. I I, I, I I'm, I'm you know Yoshihashi and, and Goto. I. Mm, I'm not the most excited by them challenging FTR for the championships, but I mean, they're incredible wrestlers and this is a fresh combination that I personally haven't seen before. Um, so I, I, I've hoping even Dax not at hundred percent is able to deliver the quality we, we've ex- expected of FTR.
1: Uh, w- one of the big standouts on this show is Zack Sabre Jr. against Ren Narita to determine the first, New Japan World Television Championship. Finally, way you get your wish that New Japan has added a television title. Uh, I feel like the the semifinals took place like a year ago. It is so long since they did these semifinals. It was like mm-hmm. two months ago. Uh, but this, I I would like to see Ren Narita win this. You could you could certainly argue that Zach winning establishes it with somebody that has been perceived right near the top level and really gets the title off to a strong start. But the counter argument is that Rennerita has just come back. Let's just go with this guy. He's, he is one of our future stars and, you know, beating Zack Sabre Jr. It, you know, I, I think that they certainly have something in this division because I really enjoyed the tournament and the, you know, the, the specifics that they added that, differentiate this from the other divisions, but th- this is a great final that they have. I'm looking
0: forward to it. Yeah. The 15 minute time limit is, is interesting because, uh, it would ideally, you know, make them work a whole lot faster. And for like a t- submission based, you know, match, I, I, I wonder how that changes things. Um, it I, adds a
1: lot of drama having these time limits, like whether it's, you know, the Julia Shuri match that came down to the final seconds. I mm-hmm. just think it adds an element of like, you know, those buzzer beaters that you can script and it's just, it's something that differentiates. Even if you aren't
0: going the full 15 minutes, you know, the psychology of the match changes and and everybody's going to go for those um, ending, you know, moves, ending submissions that much earlier. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a Ren Narita singles wrestling kingdom match, not in an opener, you know, like, so it's a huge, huge huge, uh, opportunity for him and really for Zack Sabre Jr. as well, coming off of Suzuki Gun, Like this is his chance at, um, you know, I think launching um, something on his own outside of, of of his faction. So, even Dangerous Techers has broken up. So that's kind of sad. But oh, so you're saying Narita wins this one?
1: I I could certainly see this one going either way. My I I would I, w- I would like to see Narita win. I I really hope this year we see an elevation of you know several of these homegrown stars and Ren Narita being one of them.
0: Yeah. I I kind of want to see an elevation of a Zack Saber Jr. into a main event role too, but you know I don't know if the TV title is necessarily that.
1: You could go with Zach. I I don't think it's um you know I can see the argument to go with Zach too. Carl Anderson against Tamatonga for the never open weight championship. Carl Anderson is coming off um, a pretty universally panned match with Hikuleo, and I. I do not know why this has been drawn out as long as it has.
0: This is it, John, you know, WWE working with new Japan pro wrestling, a new Japan guy might, might win a belt off of a WWE superstar. It's a huge deal. We'll I will change their business.
1: I believe that they think that this is a huge deal. I don't know if this is adding anybody, um, to watch no. this show that was not already watching it. I think they've greatly overestimated um, what this has added to the card and drawing out this never open weight championship drama of a of a title that I don't think there is that great of a affinity for to begin with. But on paper,
0: it, it's one of the least interesting matches on the entire card.
1: Yeah. Um Carl Anderson laid out Tamatonga. I mean, this writes itself that Tamatonga beats Carl Anderson with the gun stun and wins the belt. Great. Um I don't think this, I'll be frank, when we're talking about Shingo Takagi uh, Mm -hmm. and Ishii and Ataichi, who had a great year, and El Desperado, who had a phenomenal year, like, I'm going to be very critical when you have a singles match, it better, you better earn that spot on on this show. So Mm -hmm. there are going to be high expectations for these matches because there's some killer talent that are not in these spots. Agreed. Keiji Muto, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shota Umino against Tatsuya Naito, Sonata, and Bushi, and yeah, promoted as Muto's final New Japan match and his third to final match ever. Ooh, you always okay. you always remember the third to last <laughs> way. Um, no, I suppose. Anyway, so. I like I like that Umino's part of this. It's mm-hmm. um, you know, it's I would not have expected. Naito and Tanahashi to be in... Like, this is hardly like a throwaway match. Like, Muto's, you know, last New Japan match is is significant. But it it does... It's certainly a... Uh, de-escalated uh, role for Tanahashi and Naito, though I think that this will still be uh, a very enjoyable match, and the sleeper in this, I could see being Bushi, who is a great, great mm. talent that is constantly I just don't think he ever is someone that people single out, like he's just a consistently great performer and mm. him and Umido uh, or even him and Tanahashi, I think, could have some fun interactions here and then whoever it is on the LIJ side, maybe Sonata or Bushi eat the pin from Mudo.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing Sonata with Keiji Muto. You know, uh, Sonata is, has history, of course, with dating back to All Japan and, and Wrestle One even with Keiji Muto. And he constantly references him in his moveset. So I imagine, you know, like, uh, personally, it's probably a huge deal for everybody involved in this match to be able to have one of Muto's last matches, but yep. especially for Sonata. So I'm curious to see what sort of, a uh, you know, spots that they all work out together. I really like the babyface team, the idea of, like, you know, three different generations all kind of, like, siding together. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to this. You know, there's... Like, Mudo is, is limited, but, I mean, in a multi-match setting, I think you can hide him perfectly well, just have him come in for his big spots. And the specialness uh, in the air, it, it will be very real, you know? Like, people will... Like like we saw with the Nakamura match, like, it, these, these matches have, you know potential to be incredibly emotional. So I'm looking forward to it actually.
1: Yeah. And then maybe backstage during the, uh, the post-match oh, interviews, yeah. Tanahashi and Umino can have a talk with Mudo and
0: explain. I'm hoping Mudo social does norms getting any, anywhere near Mike.
1: Um, yeah. Taiji Ishimori, El Desperado, Hiromu Takahashi, and, uh, Master Wato. Um, so this is a, it's an interesting spot on the card. Like it's going to be late. And I think that like, it technically should be a really, really great match. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of like the idea of like Desperado getting a big win on the big show. It just feels like Hiromu to me. I, I don't know. It just, it just feels like he has been in place in this junior heavyweight division for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, the other option is master Wato, who throughout this whole build has been promoted as like the guy that's not on the level of these three so you could certainly see him getting his big win on on the tokyo dome show i i think there's a high 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 likelihood of a title change here
0: yeah i think so too um i know what you're saying about Hiromu; like he's the big star and like wrestle kingdom you know you tend to want to be the happy ending for like the main character but mm-hmm. man it's just such a it, it feels like such a you know, insignificant event. Like, it, you're just going back to the status quo. And I don't, to be honest, don't, I don't even know if like El Desperado winning changes things all that much either. It's not not like it's his, his first time winning. But I, I understand what you mean. He needs a big win on a big stage or, or like in front of a cheering crowd, at least. Um, so I guess of all the choices, he'd probably be my, my preference too.
1: Will Ospreay against Kenny Omega is second from the top. And they're very much pushing this to the English audience as the main event of the show. How long do you think this one goes?
0: Ooh, okay. Um, I'm guessing like a good 20, 25.
1: Yeah, I, I'm thinking minimum 25. I'm thinking mm-hmm. like 35. I think it's going to be a really long match. Yeah. Um it's for the United States Championship that uh, Will Osprey has done a tremendous job elevating. Um, you know this, this, and the Wonder of Stardom title to me are the the top like number two belts in any promotion uh, at, at this point. It's an interesting way that you book this, I think. For most. Um, interest coming out of this show is omega wins the belt and it ensures he's coming back and where it will osprey go to aew to try and get the belt back will kenny come back for when will kenny come back because he has to now hmm. um i think like that's the hook um on the other hand it's you know it's will osprey really establishing himself as not being in kenny's shadow anymore and beating omega would be kind of that that stamp and Looking at the way that New Japan and All Japan have alternated, like their booking, like you could certainly see, like this is designed for Osprey to get that that big defining win that he is on Kenny Omega's level.
0: Totally, yeah. I certainly don't think this will be the only time these two. By the way, they have met each other like all the way back in PWG, so this is technically their second singles match together. Yeah, but there's I
1: mean, a there's a few hundred people that got to see this. <laughs> a few
0: more people are going to watch this one, yeah. Um, but I, I certainly don't think this will be the last time we'll see them together. I I think as soon as like Forbidden Door is when you might be able to, able to expect the AEW side of the equation to, to happen. So knowing that you know or expecting that they will face each other again, this win will ultimately just be setting up chapter two, right? Um, so therefore, I could see Kenny winning this one, taking it to AEW, maybe holding it until, um, he meets Osprey again. But man, this US title is kind of cursed, isn't it? Like, you know, like people who tend to hold it haven't had the best luck in in dropping. Well, Omega doesn't you know, need no, any, no more. any more curses. Yeah, but it almost like it's almost secondary. Like we're there to see a dream match, aren't we? You know.
1: Yeah. I, I think this is the match that is going to be moving the most amount of people to come back to New Japan. Like there is mm-hmm. a there is a lapsed New Japan audience out there, and I think this this is the first year Wrestle Kingdom feels like Wrestle Kingdom since twenty twenty.
0: Completely, absolutely, the card is fresh, and this is why I'm not so upset. Like not seeing a Tanahashi or a Naito in a multi man match, or even not seeing Shingo or an Ishii on the card, like. I look up and down this card. You know, we got like, like Kyrie on the show, Kenny Omega and Osprey on the show. Like it's fresh. And that's what I've been missing so much from New Japan Pro Wrestling.
1: So, yeah. And then the main event, Jay White defends the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against Kazuchika Okada. A I, I very, spoke too
0: soon maybe about the freshness, but nonetheless, it's a long story.
1: This one to me is going to be like, I think this will be a sound, sound wrestling match. I think mm-hmm. it will be enjoyable. They, I, are. they I, usually are. They, they usually are. The mm-hmm. question will be, number one, following Osprey Omega. And number two is, like, I think this is going to be the heaviest presence of, like, an Anoki tribute. And I think this is all built to that, like, what we have been building for all year during this anniversary is Okada with that belt In the Tokyo Dome leading the Ichi Nisan Da with the whole crowd able to scream it out as, Mm -hmm. you know, our return to crowds being vocal. Um, I think that's what this is all built around. But before that, you're probably getting like close to a 40 minute match and there's going to be a lot of people that it's that's not going to be their jam for a New Japan main event uh, between these two where it does feel this is very much on jay to have a different type of match and present doubt that this storybook ending that everyone sees as the whole build up to the year that you do have some twists and turns along the way yeah
0: agreed agreed and could Uh, be at
1: the end of like a five plus hour show
0: that that is almost guaranteed john yeah um i i know the match will be good i i i just i've really gotten my fill of the Okada template thirty plus minute match, you know, and this is guaranteed to be that. I recognize the significance uh with all the Anoki stuff, especially for people in Japan. Um I I'm just not that what, what if
1: Scott Coker comes out at the end and takes part in the uh the chant? Well that will almost over
0: that will change change everything, sure. Uh, I recognize it, the significance, and and again, like we should re- remember that New Japan Pro Wrestling is very much a product that still s- focuses on catering to the Japanese local audience, um, and not me, but uh, God, like
1: on, on that note, for this Inoki tribute, I, I hope that they mix in clips throughout the show. I think that'd be really cool. It serves a dual feature of, you know this is all stuff on new Japan world, but it gives, it, it builds to that climactic moment at the end. Like this is the Anoki tribute show, essentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not terribly excited, but I mean, that said, listen, like the setting I might be overcome if they play those videos, maybe I'll, I'll really get caught up in it in that moment and at the end might feel very, very nice. So what, what, has, what has Okada been doing in his matches leading up to this? He's been using new finisher, I believe like, a.
1: He's been using like like the Cobra Twist, and uh, you know, and it's been coming out in the in the robe all, all year long as well. Like this is, you know, it, it is essentially like he is the next Anoki, and that has been largely what the whole last ten years has been of Ghetto's uh, booking. And in this sense, I mean, I I would imagine that there was a time that they were hoping that this would be a scene of like Anoki coming out and being in the ring with him at the mm-hmm. during the anniversary, and instead it's going to be in. The memory of Antonio Inoki.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure it'll be very emotional. Um, let's see if they can execute what they want. Yeah.
1: And let's not forget as well that um, they've got to set up another card for January 21st very mm-hmm. quickly. So, between this show and New Year Dash, like you have to you have to set up the Yokohama Arena, which is the day before their new beginning card in Nagoya, which like Dolphins Arena is a big arena. That's not when you just put a six man tag on top like that is a huge card, too, that they have. Uh, so they have to set up a lot of big matches for th- those two shows uh, coming out of the next uh, couple of days as well. Okay. So, again, we will have a review on Wednesday at postwrestlingcafe.com so look out for that in your feed and we will be uh, notifying you once the show goes up and that's going to bring an end to a lengthy edition of rewind a raw welcome to 2023 i was excited to do a show with you way likewise john as
0: always thank you so much for you know uh, grabbing the news stories keeping the site as fresh as as it's, it's looking great year 2022 was and i think 2023 will be great as well
1: I'm off to uh, do my my reading, way. Ticketmasters Ooh. about the ticket industry.
0: Okay, fantastic. It's, um, it's quite the read.
1: What are you Ticketma- learning so far? Uh, Ticketmaster exceptionally greedy, and there's some detractors to Pearl Jam. For what? Pearl Jam tried to take on Ticketmaster.
0: Oh, okay. Yes,
1: uh, and- I'll I'll lend you the book after.
0: Sure. Okay. All right.
1: Cool. That's it for us. Uh, any closing words, way?
0: I'm, I'm off to figure out my sleep schedule for the next 48 hours.
1: Okay. Uh, I have questions about that too. That's it for us. Have a great night. We'll chat with you on Wednesday, multiple times.